It's his second time through and he hasn't even taken a hit yet. He's a wizard. Do you realize how many outside systems I've gone into? How many programs I've appropriated? You were recruited by the Starling to defend, to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh? Damage report! Guidance system out. Auxiliary steering out. Defense! She won't answer the helm. What do we do? We die. Welcome to the Gamers Must Die podcast. I'm your host, Ben Malahan, here with Jared Riley. Hello! And our new co-host, Alex Morrow. Hello! Is that the right way to pronounce your last name? Close enough. Close enough? How's it, what's, what's the right way? <laughs> I usually say Moreau, but you know the majority Moreau? says Morrow. Well, it's not spelled Moreau. I don't like Moreau. That's well, fucked you're, up. You're for now on here, Alex Morrow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I accept it. For now on, Alex Morrow. It's like the Laura Croft and Lara Croft argument. There's an argument it's about that? Laura, Her name is supposed to be Lara. No, it's not. Oh, yes. Jesus Christ. Yes, it That's, is. But I, nobody wants to fucking say Lara. No, of course. No, no, first of all, I didn't want to know that was a thing. Now that I do, I'm really pissed. I'm sorry. You <laughs> just uh, ruined the whole mood for the podcast. Let's just. Yeah, okay, let's start, start over. Actually, no, let's, let's bring in the next person over here. We, we had some other people lined <laughs> up for this job. Uh, <clears throat> well, today we're going to be talking about various things. Um, we'll get to a little news in a bit. First, though, uh, kind of talk about some stuff that's been going on so far this year. Uh, the big thing is um, there's this big movement now to not pre-order games. Have you have you heard about this? I have not heard of this. I have heard a lot of bitching about this. Okay, so what's what have you heard? What What's your perspective, I guess? It basically removes incentives for companies to produce good games because yeah. they have assured buyers and is somewhat unfortunate. So uh, you actually used to work at GameStop for a while. Yes. And was pre-ordering like a big thing that most people pre-order games? It's hard to put big into relative terms, but it was definitely pushed upon us. Like uh, We didn't actually receive any sort of rewards from the numbers of pre-orders that we uh, managed to get. But you did receive criticisms if you didn't get enough pre-orders. Okay, so, that, so that's weird. So, yeah. so you didn't have an incentive, but you got criticized if you if you didn't do it. That's pretty much <laughs> the shit show that is GameStop. Jesus, that's weird. Because I always figure when one of them is, you know, bothering me, hey, do you want to pre-order this? Do you want to pre-order this? Uh, da, da. You know, I figure that they're going to get some sort of bonus or something. No, there's no commission or anything. It's the same thing with those little power-up rewards cards. Yeah. They're just like, we see your numbers aren't as good as they usually are this week. And you're like, well, nobody wants your shitty cards. <laughs> so and they're like, yeah, but we're going to need you to up that a little bit. Most companies really do that sort of thing. I mean, who's the we here? Who, who's the we? It's like your direct manager who's saying that? Yeah. Store and, manager. And then like, cor- like corporates on his ass to do it. Is that? Yeah. Wow. Huh. That seems that's weird to me. It's just weird what human beings do when they're like in a manager position, like what they can bring themselves to actually tell other people to do. Because it would just kill me. It would eat me up inside to have to say that to somebody. Hey, by the way, your numbers are a little low, <laughs> lower than usual, you know? Especially if you're not going to compensate them for doing a good job. Well, I should say every so often they'll throw like a very rare um, reward out there. Uh, I worked for GameStop for like two years and I had like some of the best numbers in the district. And then eventually. They gave me a tiny, like, one-inch-by-one-inch pin (laughs) and a $10 gift card. Yeah. 
And they're just like, congratulations on doing such a great fucking job for two years and having the best numbers in the district for two years. Here's a one-inch pin. What was it made of? Like plastic? Metal? It was like a little tiny metal pin. Like, I've seen kids go to baseball leagues that get better pins at their little championship (laughs) games. You know, it's just, it was somewhat saddening. It was supposed to be fulfilling. you're, You're very ungracious for not liking it. <laughs> it also made all my coworkers hate me. So it <laughs> Oh, they were jealous of the pin? Yeah, I really didn't want the fucking pin. <laughs> I'd be pretty jealous too. I mean pins oh are pretty God. sweet. That's funny. So pre ordering games, so you're against it. Yes. Yeah. And I'm against it too, but the the same time, I don't know, people are gonna do it. We're never gonna stop. The type of people who pre order games are not gonna stop pre ordering games, I don't think. Like there used to be a reason to, and it's because not enough copies of the goddamn game came out. Like when the N64 was released, it was impossible to get copies of the good games. Yeah. And right now, the only thing they ever really have in shortage anymore are, are the you know the hardware itself, the consoles and stuff. By the way, if the headphones are bothering you, you take them off. You don't have to wear the headphones. Oh, okay. well, well, no, about, I'm doing just fine with them. Right. <clears throat> I mean, there's handheld games and stuff like that that you can't really download. No, uh, you can though. There's that's the Nintendo true. eShop. Yeah. So so nowadays, the most popular handhelds, well, I guess the only handhelds, the Vita and the 3DS. Uh, most of the games are downloadable. There's still some games, like older games you can't get, but everything new comes out on the eShop now for D- 3DS, I think. I imagine there's still a subsect of people who still enjoy like having uh, physical media as well. I, I agree. What I'm saying is is that, uh, for the most part, there's no shortage. There's, there's no shortage of those physical media anymore, even when they come out. Really? Yeah. The purpose of pre-ordering now is basically just to gather statistics for different stores, like to see what sort of games... Um, companies should continue to produce really um, yeah like uh you can also track a store's progress by how many pre-orders it has so they'll like rank the stores in competition by how many pre-orders they receive which is why you have different pre-order incentives between like best buy and gamestop okay yeah yeah so just kind of keep tabs on like who's selling what right right weird yeah it's a whole, weird whole thing because the things you get for pre-ordering Usually suck. It's some shitty piece of DLC. It's like this weapon that's just totally useless. Or, or like you know. a dumb character skin. Yep, yep, exactly. It's totally lazy, but people are like, oh my god, I gotta get that fucking skin. I gotta pre-order this game. What's you know? it really hurting, though? Pre-ordering. It's not... No, here's what it's hurting, is that um, people... Uh, game companies basically have an assured number of sales before they even have to produce a good game. Now, you could argue that those pre-orders are based upon them showing a good product or having a good reputation in the past, which is valid. But the argument against it is that when you pre-order games, when there's you know a million people who pre-order games, then a, a company like, um, God, whoever the hell the company is behind, uh, the Master Chief, Halo Master Chief Collection, the, the remake, is some it wasn't Bungie, it was another company who took it and did it. Right. Anyway, that game came out, and it basically didn't fucking work. I mean, like totally online. Totally broken. Yes, completely broken. In fact, I had a game night scheduled <laughs> with a friend. Yes, I, I said, yes, I'm 31 years old, I still do this. We uh, were gonna, we blocked the night out. We I brought over my um, Xbox One, he had his, we had two TVs, we're just gonna dual screen this um, Master Chief collection all night, and uh, oh, it didn't work, so we were screwed. But, you know, that's my fault for not reading the internet before I went over there. So well, we, why, that's crazy to do uh, not beta test that game or whatever. Who knows what the true story was behind it. Some people say they didn't beta test it. Some people say that the bugs weren't visible until at a large scale, blah, blah, blah. I, it, it, to me, there were so many bugs. That it, they had to have known. So anyway, that, so that's the argument, right? Yeah. And even if a game isn't broken, like even if it functions perfectly, um, 
pre-ordering means that a bunch of customers are throwing their backs into this game before customer reviews have even come in for it. Yeah. So they're only reading reviews from like large websites, like uh, big names that were able to preview the games. Um, you don't get that word of mouth review experience. Like you don't get to listen to your buddy tell you how amazing the game is before you go out and buy it. So I could have told people that you know ten years ago. I've I've never pre-ordered a game. <laughs> Aren't you a special snowflake? I am. Because <laughs> of that exact reason. Why would I? I I'm not going to get a game unless I know it's good for sure. Oh, bullshit. I, uh, you went out and purchased um, the one game. It's going the, down the now. Battlefront. Was it Battle, Star Wars Battlefront 2? Here's um, why I had to order Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, I was, had to. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you ordered it. You didn't just purchase it on day one. You pre ordered I don't know what I did. Okay. Because I, I was dreaming about that game. Okay, you were dreaming. About I was, I was having dreams, literally, <laughs> dreams, because I love the first one so fucking much. Yeah, I literally dreamed about it. And I just had to get it, had to have it in my hands. I, I didn't care if it was bad or not. I just had to have it. You were just rolling in your so, bed like so, oh, friend. You just yeah. destroyed exactly what you were trying to say. No, I didn't. You, you yes, just you, you just described the exact <laughs> type of person that were that you just made fun of. <laughs> A little hypocrisy over here, anybody. <laughs> So the I the thing about this issue is I I understand why people are trying to like do this petition thing but it's just I don't know to me it's a waste of time cuz it's never going to go anywhere people are going to keep pre-ordering and uh at the end of the day if I, I feel like if a company has a good reputation and whatnot and you really want to pre-order I mean whatever go for it uh, I'm not like mad at people for pre-ordering um, but it's interesting to hear the other side of it, what, what they do with the statistics and stuff like that. I approve of the pre-order movement because although it, obviously it's not going to flip-flop everyone's mind, I think there are some people that are sitting on the fence that generally say, why not to pre-ordering? Yeah. And this might change their opinion. So it might have a little tiny bit of traction. You're right. No, that, that's actually a, that's a good good point. There Jesus. are a lot of people who pre-order just because the awkward person sitting across from them the counter of GameStop is pressuring them to. And if they have a reason to not pre-order, it'll prevent them from it did you have to like like use your, your like feminine wiles a lot to like convince people to pre-order they wanted me to but i don't think i'm particularly great with the whole feminine wiles thing yeah hmm. my laugh is too gross and i don't have enough cleavage and you're right you do like, have a disgusting laugh just... jared try not to make her laugh it's, it's, like, it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty gross uh, i just want to yeah, right? never do that again <laughs> um I think in a world where uh, people are really into like early access games, I don't think pre-ordering is you know a really big. Set. Oh yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Oh, early God. access games. So uh, this is like a thing now where mostly indie developers. It's not like big name developers who do this, but indie developers pre-release their games. Have there been any big name who've done this? I don't know. I don't know. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, big indie names. Yeah, big indie <laughs> names. Yeah, yeah. When you're a really big indie name, uh, aren't you? Technically, becoming like sort of a, a large. Yeah, company. now there's a there's definitely still a distinction between big studio and. Do you think Minecraft is still yeah. indie? No. Oh no, 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 no. Okay. not especially not since it was sold. Right? Was it it sold to Microsoft? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, actually, we're going to talk about that in a bit. It, it was sold to Microsoft. Shut um, up. We're going to talk about it later. God, it's in the news. So Shut up. You read the God, outline. Alex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, people now order these pre-release games and we talked about this in man one of your interviews didn't we mine was, yeah. hers, okay yeah. all right so we're actually probably going to put your interview um podcasting up at some point people can hear yeah, that we were talking about darkest discussion. dungeon 
That's we talked right. about this in, in depth, didn't we? We, we did, yes. Yeah. So maybe we'll I just, had no idea what early access was. Maybe we'll just direct people to Welcome listen to, to that. I'll, I'll post that access. next week. Um, <laughs> it is a dark world. But I don't it's, like it's it this big thing now where people <laughs> just like they want their hands on the game as soon as they possibly can. They don't understand though when it's that early. It's barely a game. They're paying for beta. Yep. Paying for alpha, really? Yeah. A lot cases, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Even pre-alpha, like some some of them are just concepts, aren't they? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's, <laughs> some of them are pretty darn bare from what I've seen. Why don't we go ahead and move right along to the news? So, uh, Alex, you have the little tablet deal over there. What do you got for us in the uh, realm of news? Let me see here. If I can get your little tablet deal to work. In the news today, critics admit to lowering scores for attention. All right. Would you like me to read the article? Well, I mean, the <laughs> headline does say a lot. <laughs> the headline is pretty self-explanatory. Like, game reviewers have been intentionally lowering the scores of big-name video games to get clicks. So, this comes as no surprise, really. I mean, people are trying to, you know, do different things to get views all the time. Yeah, I mean, when your re- when your revenue is just ad revenue, like. Whether people like your article, whether they don't like your article, is kind of irrelevant. It's all just about how many views you're getting. So right, exactly. That, that's that's very true. So, but the thing is, the weird thing about to me about gaming journalism in general is that it's all funded by ads for the most part, and so they're ads for games that they're eventually expected to be, you know, objective about and review. So the whole the whole thing's just wonky to begin with. So this this doesn't surprise me and frankly it doesn't really bother me because anybody who um, actually pays attention to a review and knows you know which reviewers know what they're talking about which ones don't really doesn't if you look at a number to determine whether or not you want a game then you know whatever you deserve to get screwed over <laughs> what, what are the specifics of this article again well it's basically just there are some websites that are um, basically like clickbaiting their audiences by giving um, big popular games intentionally very low scores or lower scores than they are generally receiving or they generally deserve um, just so that people can get mad and be like oh why did they give my favorite game a six and then and they'll, they'll share it, it yep. and share it and be like look at these fuckers over here and how they gave my favorite game a six Right. Or you have the people that are super counterculture, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad they gave that game a six. <laughs> oh, overrated piece of shit. Right. And then they share that within their social circle. But it's just sensationalism. Yeah. So you said you couldn't do voices. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> I can. Yeah. Right. So basically, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just not a surprise to me. It doesn't really bother me one way or the other, I guess. Right. Because who, who really cares what... Now, the thing is, on the other side of it, um, uh, somebody who has released a game and has had people review it, somebody who you know intentionally gave it a lower score than they thought it deserved just to get um, you know views kind of pissed me off. Just, you know, hey, man, I worked hard on this fucking thing. How about you not be a dick? Mm-hmm. Gaming journalism in general is just full of so much fuckery. Like... You can get extra money for giving good games low scores, and you can get extra money for giving or for giving shitty games higher scores. Like a, you can get paid by a company to give a game a great review. You can receive free merchandise, um, generate more views. So it's just like nobody is really being paid to do what they're supposed to do, which is provide accurate scores right. and accurate reviews. 
Um, yeah. isn't, isn't user reviews a, a big thing for, for games these days, though? Mm, yeah, yeah a but bit more. they're not. I mean, basically, let's say a game gets... It's still more professional reviewers who have, have more uh, impact. Oh, yeah. So if a game gets like a 9 on like IGN or GameStop or... Uh, GameSpot. I thought people are always worried about GameSpot. GameSpot, yeah. GameSpot. Um, some then, sort of score or something like what? Metacritic score or something or what? Yeah, Metacritic. yeah. I, I don't Metroid. know. How many, I don't know how many people pay attention to Metacritic. Oh, okay. I do. You do? I do. Okay. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but I do um, more than anything. I like reading user reviews, which is like I really like how um, Steam has sort of facilitated that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll really also accessible. say that there are some fuckers who make um, Steam reviews, too. That's very true. Because I've had people who have made negative reviews for my game on Steam who have then turned around and emailed me ways I could get them to take the negative reviews down. <laughs> oh, as if we messed. cared, As if we cared about their stupid negative reviews. The game's already like 80% positive, so... <laughs> yeah, and apparently 80% means 9 out of 10, because Google says 9 out of 10 on Steam. It's, it's, yeah, it's... So they must have some um, fudging of the numbers there to take into account all the assholes who pull crap like that, you know? Yeah. So, I yeah, really so hope that you send them, like, a helicopter dick gif in response or something. <laughs> you know, I don't even respond anymore. <laughs> uh, it, it's just there's so many people out there who want to mess with you in various ways and whatnot when you're a developer. It's just uh, it's this weird um, power play thing. People just want um. to... Uh, put you in your place, I guess, is the best way to put it. I just remembered the word for that scam. It's racketeering, isn't it? Racketeering? Racketeering. Like when they put up the bad review and they're like, oh, give me money or I'm not going to take it down. Yeah, it sounds it's a little like formal for what actually goes on. when people in the street and they're just like, do you want protection for your car? And you're like, what does that mean? They're like, you know, protection from people keying up your car. Uh, something might happen to it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and if you don't give them money, they key the shit out of your car. Yeah, right, right. No, I mean, yeah, I guess you could call it that. But the thing is, is that it's just some fucking loser in his you know parents basement or or somebody who has mental issues who's you know older has mental issues and whatever a lot of, a lot of more likely to be younger and have mental issues these days but either way a lot of <laughs> mental issues on the internet especially in the gaming community okay so what's up next in the news uh let's see here news 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 oh the amiibo story yes yes um nintendo is basically trying to get its shit together with the amiibos okay it's been a huge mess for a while now because they didn't really release um, a proportionate amount of certain figures to the demand. And other figures, they just like saturated the market with it when nobody wanted to buy it. Okay. And so now, there's no rhyme or reason behind it, essentially. Well, it's just, I think they just like set an arbitrary amount for them. I'm not sure. I haven't followed up on this. This is just speculation. But um, I think they just release like a certain number of each figure. And then, surprise, surprise, some of them are much more popular than the other ones. Yeah. So, can you give me like a 20 second rundown about what the hell amiibos are? Okay. Exactly. It's kind of <laughs> difficult to describe. And like every description that I've read of them is kind of weird and vague, but it's basically like a little tiny action figure that has um, little microchips and whatnot in the base, and you can get additional content for your games by, um, oh gosh, how do I describe it? You scanning take, them somehow. Yeah, you scan it into the system somehow. Okay. It's like, have you ever seen those Skylander things? Yeah. Little yeah. action figures, you pop them in the little um, pedestal, and then they show up in the game. You can kind of do that with Amiibos, and it's supposed to be accessible for Wii U and the new 3DS. Okay, so you have an action figure that you scan in to get some sort of benefit in the game. How is that different from like just getting like a QR code or something? And you scanning? have a piece of plastic. 
Okay, but is any information like stored in the amiibo or? Yes, and apparently you can only store information for one game at a time. So if you have a little Mario amiibo, um, the Mario is of course um, connected to a bunch of different games. Okay. So you can like use it for Mario Party. You can use it for Smash Brothers. If you save information onto your little Mario action figure or your little amiibo for Smash Brothers. And then you say, hey, I want to use Mario for Mario Party. You're going to have to delete that Smash Brothers information. Wow, that sounds a lot like something Nintendo would do. <laughs> right? <laughs> that doesn't sound appealing at all. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Honestly, I would just buy them because they're action figures. <laughs> yeah. I'm already throwing down like 30 bucks for action figures. Might as well have it give me additional content. So Nintendo is having some issues, supply and demand issues. Yes, a lot of them. And it's... um. Oy. They're discontinuing some action figures entirely. Um, they're releasing new versions of popular figures. Um, they're changing their entire infrastructure for this whole Amiibo thing is what I've read so far. Uh, and there's so, also this weird black market created for the rare Amiibos. Nice. Like the first generation Amiibos that sold out within like a couple of weeks. Um, people are now selling those back at just like absurd rates. This whole thing is just Japanese people being weird, man. Well, that's that's Nintendo in a nutshell. Yeah, right? I dig it. But the <laughs> amiibos, are, the amiibos are popular over here, so it's not just Japanese people. Are they popular it. here? They're yeah. crazy popular here. Yeah, they're super. That, that's the whole thing. <sighs> so Nintendo said that they um, gave reasons why they can't manufacture new amiibos very quickly. Was it, was it just to the article? They said that the manufacturing process was very complicated because of the technology within the action figure itself. Uh -huh. And apparently, a few of the models are like hand sculpted. Wow. So I'm like, hot damn. That does sound And this marketing is genius behind that because. Have they ever heard of a 3D printer? Yeah, have, haven't they ever? <laughs> I'd love to see Nintendo go and pitch amiibos on Shark Tank. So, how are you going to make these? Oh, we're going to make them by hand. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, no, we'll fucking manufacture them for two cents a piece and blah, blah, blah. You know, what the hell is Nintendo thinking? They're a giant company. Why can't they get their shit together even for something this simple, you know? Nintendo I would like to follow up on that and, like, read how they really define hand sculpted. Because I doubt there's just, like, some adorable tiny Japanese guy, like, carefully whittling away at each of his action <laughs> figures. So I want to see, like, what does hand sculpted involve? Probably yeah. just painting, I would guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, if I had to well, Would we not call guess. that hand painting? No. Does that still count? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's but, not as cool sounding. Nintendo is just, you know, they just they just do their weird thing. They're in their own little world, and uh, they don't really run business like everybody else does. And that's not a good thing. I'm not saying that in a good way. It's not good to be unique like that, because they're just wrong a lot of the time. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and skip ahead in the news a little bit here, um, so we can get the show on the road a little bit. Let's, talk, let's go straight to the story about um, Notch. Post Minecraft. Uh, I guess, do you want to? You kind of read this article. There's a big article in Forbes about uh, his name is Marcus Person. Person? Pearson? I guess we'll get corrected on that later. I don't know. <laughs> I like calling him Person. He doesn't sound like a real person with the last name of Person. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's call him Marcus Person. <laughs> Weird spelling. Okay. So like he. Uh, it's a big Forbes article about his life after Microsoft's sale. And. Uh, Alex, you read this article, so what? Uh, give us the rundown on the article. It's pretty much just the background of what Minecraft is for all these 
random 67-year-old people reading Forbes. Um, so it's like, oh, it's like Legos, but for your computer. And then all the rich guys reading Forbes are like, oh, yes, I see Legos, but for my computer. <laughs> so that was actually a very large part of the article. Trying to describe Minecraft to yes, Forbes Yes, just trying readers. to explain Minecraft to Forbes readers. Gotcha. Um, but it also goes, goes on about a person's personal life. Okay person's personal life but um like what he's done with all his money pretty much what he's done with all of his money and he's just become a very rich person who doesn't know how to deal with being a rich person (laughs) it just goes on about how he's um spending his money in very fiscally irresponsible ways like what what's an example okay like you know how everyone talks about how um when like pro athletes are done being pro athletes they blow all their money on like booze and hookers and mansions and stuff like that within like Five years of retiring. Yeah, Notch is going the way of NFL. Really, he's like going big. He bought a giant mansion and he's filling it with all kinds of like eccentric rich people shit. <laughs> and apparently, he's spent over a hundred and eighty thousand dollars just in nightclub attendance. Well, he's European, right? That's like a thing in Europe. Makes perfect sense. Them and their weird nightclub bullshit. There was a huge bit about how he's trying to find saucy ladies now and not having too much luck. Really? Oh, poor guy. I, yeah. Really? Because usually there's, well, there's multiple tickets to getting the saucy ladies. One is to have, you know, personality and, and looks. The other is to have money. And so Shit, he's definitely got the money side covered. I have the former. He, he, of course. Well, it goes without saying, Jared. I mean, I would assume that it's just that, you know, oddly enough, he might not be looking for women that want him for his money. So the kind of ladies that he might be attracted oh, okay. to interested in. Yeah, okay. He said that he had tried like Tinder and didn't have any luck, and then he tried <laughs> Tinder in his homeland. I think it was like Sweden. But Tinder is purely a hookup site, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, explain well, Tinder to me because I, as a married person, it's an app, you know, for just oh, yeah. I want to fuck that person. Oh, I want to <laughs> fuck that person. <laughs> Hold on. So wait, it's, it's just for hookups, though, right? Or no, is it actual relationship finding? I hear that a lot of people use it for actual relationship finding. Although I might be a bad source for Tinder information. I have never had a Tinder. Okay. Sometimes I think about making one though and then just creating a profile for like a piece of pizza. <laughs> I bet you somebody's probably done it. Somebody's going to, to just be like, one. you know what? Swipe on that. I'd fuck that pizza. <laughs> I want to see who would do it. <laughs> you should do something more just kind of over like, you know. If you filmed it, it would be like a really bizarre porno. <laughs> the Tinder date with pizza. Oh, yeah. God. It's got to be out there. <laughs> it's got to be. It's, that, that's exactly Pizza sex is definitely a, fe- a real fetish. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. Ombudsman. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> um, well, I have a, a little clip uh, from the interview from the Forbes article here. Uh, Notch talking why he kind of got out of the gaming scene. So let's play that real quick. And then uh, this big thing happened with the ULA incident where people thought that we changed the rules and like. So, uh, oh shit, I think I started the clip from the beginning. Oh, you idiot. Damn it, I figured out how to use this thing. Okay, Stupid. so um, the gist is uh, he uh, there, there was this big drama with the ULE, as he calls it, the end user license agreement. <laughs> ULE. The ULE. Oh, and the the ULE. people thought they had changed it, but when really they haven't. So that's what he's explaining. And then uh, this big thing happened with the ULE incident where people thought that we changed the rules and like. The, 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 the end user worse. license agreement. Yeah. <laughs> the interviewer's like, yeah, um, yeah, this is how you say it, idiot. <laughs> oh, God damn it, I started it over again. Can you turn it up a little bit? Oh, I'll, I'll turn it up in post. Oh, wait. The, 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 the end user license agreement. Yeah. Right. Which had always been in place, but what actually happened was that some people brought it up, like, so we're not allowed to do this and that? And we said, no. And we said, no. So we looked it over and actually made the, the rules more lenient. 
but people still get very upset with like me personally, even though I wasn't even working on it anymore. So he's just basically describing how people got really upset over this, um, this Yule. I can't tell he's not speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> what what is his country of origin? It's got to be like. I guess I thought it was Sweden. I think Sweden sounds right. He sounds Sweden. Swedish. Okay. So anyway, so he uh, that happened, and let me just. This is going to be one of the things we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast is uh, people who just like to get up in arms about stuff for no reason. And this is one of those kind of things. He's, like he, he described here, apparently, people found at one point some things in the end user license agreement for Minecraft they didn't like. And all of a sudden, they exploded on him and, you know, did the typical thing that gamers do. for like five years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You say this, this, and this in your, in your agreement? Oh, I can't believe... You know, that sort of thing. So and here, here he's basically talking about um, seeing all that, how it made him um, react. I just figured, like, I don't know if I want to put up with this anymore. And then I saw the This is Phil Fish video. This is a YouTube documentary about a guy called Phil Fish. And he talks about... The, the guy called Phil Fish? <laughs> This guy, Phil Fish documentary about, about a guy called Phil Fish. <laughs> How like internet personalities and like famous people, people aren't really, they're not talking to that actual person when they're talking to a person, they're talking about the idea. I don't know what he's talking about here. How does this Swedish bullshit. respond personally to stuff that's not really intended to be personal? It's not really intended like, to be I personal. I just figured like I probably, maybe I don't have to put up with this. I think so he's just, German. When that happened and everyone's giving me so much like, crap online and this went no this is not worth it anymore right. so, so um the, the reason i played that is because you know here you have the guy who basically made the biggest indie game of all time and he sees all this bullshit he gets put through just from people who play his game who seem for some reason um gamers just are just feel like they're entitled to uh talk as much shit as they want as they want about the developers and um, just treat them horribly and just make wild assumptions about their intentions and, and whatnot and just basically just be horrible people to developers and they, they don't just do it to indie developers they do it to bigger developers too but it has a bigger effect on indie developers because they're not prepared for it and so this made the guy who made the biggest indie game of all time be like eh screw it I don't need you guys I'm out cash out with Microsoft I feel so, like indie developers are also particularly vulnerable to that kind of stuff because um, reviewers have like a direct pipeline to them. They're not going through like a giant company. They have like the email address of the person who right. created they the know game. your name. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, I mean, um, my personal experience is that, I mean, my wife was stalked on Facebook. People were sending her weird messages trying to convince her that they knew me and so they should, should friend her or that they wanted her to friend them. Um, and all sorts of weird crap we'll talk about at some point. But uh, so, yeah, once your name and your address they can find your address and all that sort of stuff is out there it just gets weird and they you know and for some reason like for example here here's a quick example um at one point people found out my uh xbox gamers tag and so if i uh was playing xbox or just one time i was playing xbox and i got messages from this guy i was like why the hell are you playing uh you know call of duty right now when you should be working on the game and make, oh. making the next update and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, so it's just stuff like that where they just feel entitled to your time and your life and ba everything you do. Um, but uh, Was he defending Phil Fish? I, yes. I, I think so, I didn't yes. really understand what he was talking about. So Phil Fish... Um, Phil Fish is indefensible. No, 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 no. Phil Fish is totally defensible. <laughs> no, and that, that's, that's what I wanted to talk so about. ridiculous. No, no, no. Phil Fish is 100% defensible. And here's why. 
if you do any sort of um, research into this guy or look at this guy, he's somebody who has like um, emotional and like mental issues. I mean, he's he's somebody who's unstable. Uh, case in point, um, Phil Fish. <clears throat> let let me play this little clip from um, Indie Game, the movie where Phil Fish was featured quite heavily. Uh, this is him talking about um, development of his game. I'm on the line, me, like my name, my career. Uh, if this if this fails, I'm done. Like I don't think I uh, I'll work in games again. And it's not just a game. Like it's I'm I'm so closely attached to it. It's me. Like it's my my ego. My perception of myself is at risk. This is my identity. It's Fez. I'm guy making Fez. You know that's. Wait for it. That's about it. Wait if that for doesn't it. work out, well then. What uh, would happen to you personally if you couldn't finish the game? I would kill myself. I'm dead. I will kill myself. That's why I'm. Well, that's like my my incentive to to finish it, is then I get to not kill myself. So okay. <laughs> Good God, Jared. <laughs> Jesus, Cold Jared. Cold-hearted. Son yeah, of a bitch. seriously. What the hell? Though the, my point is that this is not a guy. Who is together? This is not a guy who should be exposed to the he public. He should be making a game in the first place. Too. No, but the thing is, is that um, at the end of the day, regardless of what weird opinions he has, regardless of what um, strong points he he or strong controversial things he says on Twitter, he should not have received and continue to receive the amount of hate that he does. That's my problem. It's it's not that the guy is not weird and could be criticized and this and that. It's that. Um, the response he's received is not anywhere near proportional to what he's done. And what he's done is basically say some controversial things and this and that and try to defend other people who are um, victims of the same hate that he um, has received because he understands that it's crazy. So I'm not saying that I like the guy. I'm just saying that... um, I feel like we're having deja vu here because we talked about this on a previous podcast, didn't we? We talked about this on a podcast that was actually never released. So we have not talked about this before. I, I, I remember making fun of that clip yep. extensively with so you. Th- there's, another, there's another thing here. I'm just going to throw this out there. One more Phil Fish clip <clears throat> because it uh, kind of illustrates, um, first of all, what a weird dude he is and kind of a um, – that's not somebody I'd want to hang out with. But also uh, just kind of the, the pressure he's under just from people demanding he release his game. I'm working on it as hard as I can all the time. He's like, what's taking so long? What the fuck are you doing? The guy sounds like an idiot. That's actually probably a pretty accurate description of what the people who are demanding him to finish his game sound like. So I can't, I don't know, I can't fault him too hard on that one. I'm just really happy that we have the same dumb person voice. Yo, you do. (laughs) Shit, maybe you're like Phil Fish. Oh, God. God. Like your distant cousin or something. I don't know. I was just so mentally traumatized that I underwent like gender surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) If this podcast doesn't do well, you're just going to kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing the best I can here. I don't hear people bitch about uh, fucking Valve taking... Well, no, they do bitch about Valve taking forever. <laughs> but not as much as Fez, and there's hundreds of people there. Uh, you know, Eco took five years to make. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, a thousand people, five years. GTA 4, a thousand people, five years. Nobody bitches about that. A thousand people! So, uh, what he's saying is very true, is that basically, um, whatever you're doing as an indie developer, 
people demand, 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 demand. And they do it to big studios too, but it again, when you're one guy, like you said, you're one person and they have a direct line to you, it's intense. It, it's it's not a small thing, it's a big thing. And you're being held to the same standards as studios that have like a few mi- more million dollars than you and a few thousand more employees Right, than so they you. have tons of resources. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. Uh, I'm gonna finish this clip. There's two of us here. It's taking too long. <laughs> Love that impression. Fuck off. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> oh, I, it really gets to me. I guess, you know, that's the price you pay for, for being indie and being the one guy that people know is making the game, is that you, you open yourself to these kinds of personal attacks. So I'm going to stop a little bit there. Um, basically, uh, the my point with this whole Phil Fish thing is that, yeah, the guy's weird and... Uh, all that, but he has a point here, basically saying that you know it's just it's it's not proportional to what he's doing. And yeah, the guy's the guy has done a bunch of weird stuff. But I'm not I'm not you you can agree with the guy, or you can agree with some things he's done, and, and not have to like have a blanket I hate him or or I like him sort of thing going on. So I know a lot of people hate Phil Fish, so it's probably an unpopular opinion to have. No, but. I agree with that point too, most definitely. And it's not even just a game review thing; it's just a an internet thing. Yes. You could be producing art, you could be producing blogs, like videos, doesn't matter. You will like slightly inconvenience or peeve one of your viewers and in return they will tell you that they know where you live and they're going to go burn your house down. Right. Right. Or worse, if you actually um, piss off, you know, the wrong people, they'll stalk you. I mean, they'll they'll oh, try yeah, and they'll make stalk the, the shit out of you. They will try and, you know, basically destroy you in any way they can. It's, it's not a matter of trying to silence you because they don't like you. It's a matter of trying to destroy you to to have some sort of weird victory. I don't know. It's it's weird. So, anyway, on that note, um, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with the uh, halftime uh, checkup with uh, one of our new people, Sarah. All right. Be right back. Right, so that's the halftime portion of the show introduction. <laughs> what game is that from? That's from Tech Mobile. <clears throat> I dig uh, it. We uh, usually we're to try to do this in the half point of the show and the end of the show, but this has kind of gone on a little long. It's a little learning episode here, so we're just going to end the show after this. But uh, we're going to go to uh, Sarah Peters, who is our ombudsman. Hello. Uh, and uh, she is here to tell us uh, what she thought about what we were talking about and what we got wrong. All right. Thing y'all fucked up on. Number one out of quite a few. Um, so small-time game reviewers um, are the ones that are doing these reviews that are the bad reviews. It's not like any. It's not just any reviewers. It's not large-scale reviewers. It's generally the uh, small-time, small-time game reviewers don't have a lot of a base, don't have a lot of people coming to their website. They want to rake in views. Oh, who are changing, who are doing the, doing the bad review scores to, right. get, to get views. Right, right. Um, Those are the ones who came forward anyway in that, in that article. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it's at like small to medium sites. Yeah, and in a lot of them, they don't have any sort of, um, they don't, they're not certified reporters, they don't, they, they haven't had any training, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, technically, yeah, no if you read, if you read what IGN and other sites, but they're not really certified reporters, they don't really have any training either. Yeah. They're kind of just dudes playing games. But yeah. yeah. But these guys, basically, they're just not accredited whatsoever. And All right. They're just raking in views, for, I mean, for their websites and to make profit off of it, so... I feel like gaining credit in the journalism community is pretty sketch when it comes to game reviews, though, because saying that you have, like... You're an accredited journalist, and the game review um, industry is like 
saying you're a landscaper when you mow lawns at the age of five. Like, right, right. No, you're right. Hey. Some of those five-year-olds are really talented. <laughs> <laughs> I was a talented five-year-old. The landscaping? No. Okay. At interior design, I thought it was the shit. <laughs> my parents had some chick come over from Ethan Allen to redesign our living room, and she helped me with my Sims game. Oh, not to say that... <laughs> I'm still caught up on the journalism thing. Not to say that all game reviewers like are just shit and have like no prior experience. I'm just saying that a lot of people sneak in like quote-unquote accolades right. and none really exist. Right, it's very all true. All game reviewers are shitlords with no previous experience. That is what we've learned today, children. Boom, us. It doesn't make a bit of difference, guys. The balls are in there. <laughs> <laughs> The balls are in there. <laughs> All right. So what else did we talk about and get wrong? All right. So you were talking about um, the, what are they called? They Amiibos? Sound Amiibos? Amoebas, yes. I'm correcting Amiibos. our ombudsman. Amoebas? Amoebos. Amoebos are microbes. Amoebas are the female ones. I thought Amoebos. Amoebros. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so the Amoebos, you were saying that they were... Claimed to be hand sculpted, and I thought that was quite hilarious about what you said with the Shark Tank, and they would not make it. Um, and you were asking if they could be hand sculpted, and the funny thing about law and lawyers is you can make anything be technically hand sculpted if you try hard enough. <laughs> so um, they can pretty much claim that you know if if someone takes it by hand and puts like the blob into the machine. It's hand sculpted. They've touched it by hand. Oh, so they might just be using the hand sculpted thing. Like it's a total excuse. No, they could the, be, like, the, 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 in a factory the whole point and... of their, their statement was, well, we can't really necessarily go back and remanufacture some of these amiibos because they were hand sculpted. So they're like trying to say they're covering their asses. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're Nintendo. Like I said, alternate it's universe. It's bullshit. It's basically bullshit because their hand sculpted doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, as you said before, it's not some little Japanese man sitting there with some little, you know, sculpting tool like, I'm on porch. I'm so cool. I mean, it's probably a bunch of people in a factory line and they're, and they're making these things. And yeah. When they say like, oh, production got pushed back seven months because these are all carefully hand sculpted. They're not carefully hand sculpted. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, all right. And some of my favorite quotes from um, the next article, which was... Um, with the uh, Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Person. And he's Swedish, by the way. Someone said Boom. He, someone said, oh, he's German. No, he's not that German. Was, that was Jared. Jared. I just said he sounded sort of German he, at that moment. He doesn't sound German. No. German people, they talk with, like, the back of their mouth. And, like, it's like, okay, so if you take... Okay, this is off You're talking to the mic, too, while you're... Sorry. Yeah, yeah let's get the this accent recorded. <laughs> this is off topic. Can I actually say this? Yeah, say this. What? Okay. Basically, if you, Jesus. like... No! It's a podcast. Like, say it! If you, like, take your mouth and you kind of, like, put it into, like, a smile formation a little bit, and then you talk from the back of your mouth yeah. a little bit, that kind of... And then that's kind of a little more what the accent for German sounds Hello. like. Can you demonstrate this? I yeah. can't, no. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, you're, you're trying to do the whole actress thing and you can't demonstrate a German accent? I'm not gonna actually do it right now. Are you doing Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> I don't wanna, it's Say get to the chopper. Stop whining. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got everything here, I mean. 
I mean, I could, but at the same time, like, I'm not, my phonetic straining is not that great for that. I, mean, like, I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right so uh, anything else we got wrong on that piece? Uh, moving on. Um, yeah, there was not a lot you got wrong in that piece. Yeah, I think that he made some good points. Fans feel entitled to your time, and that there's a huge demand on developers, and the indie indie gamers, they, they, they're expected to output things the same rate as these large companies, and they just can't do it. And I, I think that he did make some points there that the expectations on them are sometimes... By, by he, you mean Phil Fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Phil Fish. Yeah. I just want, I just want to make, make it clear that somebody else is agreeing with Phil yeah. Fish. I'm Even not alone though he island. is a giant <laughs> KFC bucket of cray-cray, uh, I mean, he's got some good points. Yeah. I mean, the guy is crazy. I mean, that suicide clip. I mean, He wants to be a suicide girl. J- Jared and I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Jared and I watched that whole movie because we, um, well, last time when we were recording these things, we reviewed it. You call that a movie? It was a documentary. No, it, well, whatever, whatever it was. And the whole thing was boring. I thought a documentary was like a subset of movie. It is. No! It's like a genre. It's no, a genre. It, it's better. Because <laughs> it's real. God. Okay, so anyway, yeah. Jared and I watched it, and the only part of it that's worth watching are the Phil Fish portions. Because the whole Meat Boy thing was boring as shit. We actually fast forward and did not watch the rest. Yeah, we we just we kind of just fast forwarded the Phil Fish portions. Oh, we didn't, I quite liked it. No, really? Oh, yeah. oh you're the hipster. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like about it? I just thought it was really interesting to see things from their perspective. Uh, maybe we already have that perspective, so we didn't give a shit. <laughs> that could very well be true. In our perspective, actually made sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was kind of cool seeing the release day. Um, the Meat Boy guys on the release day. When yeah. It was like, they're kind of looking at their bank account, all the money coming in and whatnot. Because I, I was kind of like that when the game went on Steam the first day. Like, oh shit, look at all this, all these transactions. So I understood that. Uh, but I thought those guys were actually pretty cool, the Meat Boy guys. I, yeah, I didn't they seem like hold, chill hold on, hold on, hold on. guys. I didn't say they weren't cool. I said it was boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. You're oh, agreeing I, with me. I was done. Yeah. You were done agreeing. With you. With me, all right. Yeah. So we're She's good. Never, it's never done. We're never done agreeing with you. Uh, absolutely, good. That's that's why you were hired. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about here? Because we kind of want to end the show because we're down to three mics due to a technical <laughs> issue. So Jared doesn't have a mic right I think now. It's very cute that you guys are sharing a mic, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're really cozy right now. It's great. Super some, cozy. I've coined some beautiful terms today. One of them is bromosexual. Bromosexual. I think it fits your situation very well. Right Jesus now. Christ. Well, thanks for that. You bromosexual. <laughs> just like ladies that grow old with just like 10 cats are pet heterosexual. Heterosexual? That just sounds like weird bestiality. Yeah, that's, yeah. Isn't that just a crazy cat lady? Yeah, heterosexual. Oh, real quickly. <gasps> here's what we got to talk about. We're going to talk about one more little thing before we wrap this up. Uh, the new 3DS. No, oh, fuck it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Majora's Mask. I like, I like the 3DS. It's so, uh, Alex, um, you, I, I played this right when it came out. I bought a new 3DS and played it. But then you played um, through a bit of Majora's Mask this past week. So what do you think? Okay, I'm going to lay it out there first. It has been final project week at my college. So I only got to play for like a total of five hours. Oh, get your priorities straight. Jesus. I know. I know. I'm a miserable, miserable adult. But um, so far, I'm really enjoying this port. There were a few small adjustments that I felt a little bit ambiguous about. Like, um, many of you probably already heard that they changed up the boss fights. Did you realize yeah. that while you were playing? You know, it had been so long, I didn't really remember. 
the only one that I remembered that was really different was like the third one, the fish fight. But anyway, um, yeah, so I didn't really explicitly notice. I knew they had been changed and I went and looked at what they had changed. So I, it wasn't big enough to really blow me away, I guess. I felt like I was playing on easy mode with the first boss and I was just like, hold on a second. I remember this being much more difficult and I can't tell if it is easier for me now because the game itself is easier or because it's, you know, like 10 years later and I've developed yeah. a certain amount of coordination and dexterity. So I went and looked up the differences between the 3DS Majora's Mask um, first boss and the original N64 one, and they just toned it down a lot, which makes yeah. me wonder how much they've toned down other aspects of the game. I, I, I think it's pretty true to the original um, version, apart from those sort of change, th- th- those little changes. Like, for example, I think that um, one way they kind of... Change or one thing they changed was they switched location of a heart container with a jar, so you get a jar earlier. Rather than, oh rather yeah, than a, I did love that. So, so I mean, it, little things like that. They really, the, what happened is the director apparently sat down and just played through the game. Like the guy who directed it back in the day was like, "Man, what the hell was I thinking here, here, and here?" And he just kind of made some subtle tweaks. And apparently, the, the biggest changes are to the boss fights. So that that's where you're going to notice it the most. But and the, the first one was kind of totally redone. So. Gotcha. I appreciate a couple of the smaller changes, like they added more owl statues. I really did not like that they removed the quick uh, the quick save because it seemed very counterintuitive when you're porting a console game to handheld. Seems like quick save is very important for a handheld system. No, but remember the quick the problem with the quick save was, or not the problem, but the 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 thing about it was is that um, when you reloaded it, it disappeared. So yeah. you, you had to finish the day to save completely and stuff. And that was okay with me because, uh, I mean, oh gosh, how do I describe this? Um, the quick save being deleted afterwards is a fine mechanic for me because it gives... Oh, sense of urgency? Not even a sense of urgency. It just allows you to pick up and put down the game as you please. But at the same time, it still gives you incentive to play well and not die. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, I if s- I have to... I mean, I'm playing my 3DS when I'm riding the bus. So for like 20-minute intervals and... Uh, um. Not having the quick save option just means that I have to close the 3DS and I'm losing battery life. And granted, sleep mode, you get like 48 hours hold on, hold on. in it, but... The quick save was you could push start and save anytime. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you could start and save anytime. And then when you loaded the game back up, the quick save was gone. So you, if you died, you didn't go back right, to the quick but, save. But you went back to like the solid the, save. The, but the thing is, along with that, you could not save at all, like a permanent save, unless you restarted the three days. I don't know if you remember that, because that, that oh, was the gosh, thing. I don't remember that. Yeah, so they changed that. Oh, so okay. you couldn't save, period, unless you unless you use a song of time and went back to the first day. Oh, man. See, that does make a difference. But so now that's I just why wish the, that they had incorporated both like the new saving method and, and the quick save, like see, a different quick save. To me, I, I think so many people, and, and I, I didn't bother me, because I generally just close my D, 3, 3DS and... Uh, I don't really play like on the bus and shit like you because I don't ride the bus because that's scary. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Motion so, sickness everywhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, I usually have mine by a charger, so I'm not worried about that. I understand that though. That 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 makes that makes sense. That perspective. And there's just this weird obsessive part of me that's just like, I don't want to hurt my battery. I need uh, to turn my 3ds off. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh suck it. I, I, <laughs> just bring a charger. Get a. Bring, you don't mic. have an Sorry. outlet on the bus. Bring a charger. How long are you on the goddamn bus? You would be surprised. I would be. Um, another aspect <laughs> that I 
that really bugged me about playing the 3DS was I really wish that I had a new 3DS because I really want that little C stick on the right side you know to follow really my funny? view. Um, is that I I bought the new 3DS because I thought oh, for sure I'm gonna want that C stick and I was gonna buy one eventually anyway and so I was like well I might as well buy one now because I'm gonna play through this game and I didn't really use it the, really? whole, the whole game and I thought for sure that, that that's literally the reason why I bought the new 3DS <laughs> so soon. I thought for sure I was going to use that C-stick. Didn't use it. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I think I would use it a little bit more. The view just the viewing mode just felt so clunky without it. Yeah, it's, it, it didn't bother me. Um, I don't know why. Uh, and, and the C-stick itself was not, like, super great to use for that. Oh, did it just feel weird? or? Yeah, it just wasn't. Maybe I was just so okay with the, the basic mechanics of changing the camera. C-stick. Eh, I could take it or leave it in that particular situation. I'm sure it's going to be okay down the road, hopefully. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know why they made a little goddamn nub and not just another friggin', you know, um, stick like the other one. <laughs> yeah. Wh- whatever you call it. It is weird. It's like reminiscent of those really outdated laptop nipples. Y- it, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Another ca- note on Majora's Mask. Um, sorry, I'm getting ahead a bit too fast. No. Okay. I just want to talk about the graphics because they're very pretty and I approve. Graphic updates are always nice. I don't know if it merits paying another like $35 for a game that you've already played or perhaps already owned, but it's pretty, pretty. So Uh, I want to play that game now. Oh, yeah, you you can play it. It, When Alex Alex wants to take it back, though, she's welcome to to finish it. I don't want to make you stop playing the game. It's too late. I was like, goodbye forever, Ben's Majora's Mask, and I deleted my file named Bert. Whoa, that's that's hardcore. You deleted your file. You only have three save slots. It's important. Yeah, that's but like, I, I, that's I, prime I real beat, estate right there. I beat the game and I hundred percented it. So, oh, like, fuck. I'm gonna play. Oh man, you just, <laughs> you just screwed yourself. That's all right. All right, Sarah. Yeah, that's the okay. game is like yours. Like I said, finals week, yeah. only five hours. Um, all right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up because this has gone on for quite a while. So, thank you for listening, and uh, Alex and Sarah, thank you for joining the team. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Oh, we... yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too. I'll finish. I'll fix my whole aesthetic. I'll fix my aesthetic. A- aesthetic? Aesthetic. A- aesthetic? I'll fix this. It sounds pretty Canadian to me. <laughs> I'll All right. fix my aesthetic. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye.